everyone, Dave and Jeff, our first podcast of the week. A lot going on as you and I actually, as we're watching TV, watching Paddock on one channel. Yep. Oh, we got the NBA playoffs on another channel. How, how how much are you into the NBA playoffs right now? Um, watching a lot of it. My youngest son is a diehard Warriors fan, so I'm into it with him because it's great. And I hope, I guess, say, man, I, I hope for every parent, your kid finds one thing that they really truly have a passion for, yeah. whatever it is. Um, this kid of mine is obsessed with Steph Curry slash the Warriors. So uh, it's really fun. It's really, and he has been for about five years. I don't really know what happened or how he found it, but he's been in for a long time. And it's it's really fun for me. It's really fun for his mom. And then uh, I'm enjoying the East on a couple of different levels because I, I think Giannis is just special, man. Yeah. I mean, just the complete package. But having been to Toronto a couple of weeks ago and been out in Jurassic Park, out in the middle of that, and just having so much fun, Dave, and just wishing that there would be a time at some place where we could have the NBA back in San Diego. I just, man, that's a great city, but I don't feel like we're that far off other than the fact that they just had people that were forward thinking um, that made decisions that we shied away from. But I just, I just feel like it would be unbelievable if this city, I mean, you're looking at Milwaukee, Toronto, Portland, Oakland, these are the cities that are down for the final four. Why why not us? And uh and who knows, maybe one day we can get there. It's funny you the cities you just mentioned. Toronto obviously is bigger than sure. San Diego. Portland's not. No. You know, Oakland's not. You know, Oakland uh sucks. Mo- Milwaukee is a small city. Yeah. It's like five hundred thousand people. Yeah, and once Laverne and Shirley left, yeah. there wasn't shit to do. <laughs> yeah, even they came to California. The Fonz left? Yes. Yeah, everybody left. And, and so when you sit there and go, how do we miss out? Those cities, they want it. I mean, they want those things there. Yeah. And they, they do everything they can. The cool thing about Giannis, as you just mentioned, is that he wants to stay in Milwaukee. He's not going to be like Kareem, who says, you know what, fuck the cold. As soon as yeah. I get a chance to get out, I'm getting out. And, of course, he left the Bucks back for the Lakers. But Giannis says, man, I'm not going anywhere. I love it here. I hope so. I hope so. And, and Dave, I'm watching, too, with Kawhi, uh, obviously because covering him when he was with San Diego State was a lot of fun. But I really hope he does the same thing. I know. Now, look, if he goes to the Clippers, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. And I get it. But, man, I, Dave, I just spending some time up there and seeing how that city and that fan base responded to him i don't i don't know like he's been there two years i was trying to think of comparisons for san diego guys that left and and the impact that it would have as far as being able to leave i I couldn't really come up with one as far as a padre or a charger let me throw one at you dave winfield i had i had just gotten here when that happened i mean that's a huge deal yeah, I mean, Dave Winfield, Ozzy Smith went in a trade, um, but I but I didn't yeah. know enough of the impact that they had to be able to tell you. I, I'll tell you mine, personal one, simple. I may have mentioned it before. Kevin fucking Mitchell. <laughs> that was the worst fucking night ever because we got a shithead pitcher whose claim to fame was they did a Dutch Renner impression. Great. For a fucking guy that makes a running barehanded catch. MVP. MVP. 
and was falsely accused of tearing a cat's head off. I asked him directly. I don't shy from the tough question. Yep. Yes, he paused and then said no, and I believed him. Yeah, that that's my personal one. <laughs> Ruined my fucking night. Chris Brown, uh, Keith Comstock. It's shocking how I remember every one of these fuckheads. Yeah. Mark Davis. Hey, you want to Cy Young? Hey, shut up. Shut up. And Mark fucking Grant. We could have had Mitch in the booth. <laughs> we could have had Mitchell in the booth. Or Silo, if he thinks it's bad now, it would have been terrible. Yeah, he'd actually get hit. Mud hits him with a baseball. Mitch would just reach over. Boom! Fuck! <laughs> Don would be the only guy in baseball doing the game with headgear on. He'd yeah. like Jerry fucking Quarry up there. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, sorry. See, for me, I, and again, I didn't live in San Diego when Winfield was here, but I do recall Winfield and Ozzie Smith were the guys that you knew, but Winfield was the star. I mean, he was the guy. Yeah. And you look at the, what the Yankees got him, and they go, we're adding him to the lineup with Reggie Jackson. You're going, this guy's an all-star. He was a Hall of Famer, and he ended up leaving San Diego in his prime. Could Maybe the comparison would be Robbie Alomar. See, Alomar but, is interesting because everyone knows Alomar turned into a Hall of Famer and a World Series champion. Yeah. But when you talk to people that were around him with the Padres when he was here, they said he was the biggest eye guy going. You had to get rid of him oh. because they, this is what they said. He went four for four and they lost. He was great. He goes 0 for four and they win. He was miserable. And He's they said, a fucking he, kid. He, they said, he, well, what do you want me Who'd to tell you? Who'd you get for him? Tony Fernandez, real class guy. I didn't like Tony. I wasn't even here when the trade he happened. Don't yell you. at me. I'm just telling you what people tell well, me you, in that clubhouse. Well, don't sit there like a bitch and take it. Okay? Don't sit there like a little bitch. You fight back. Oh, my gosh. Well, why didn't somebody teach him how it goes? And well, so, who? Tony I Gwynn guess, was there. Nah, shit. What are you going to say about Mr. Padre? I loved it. Okay. God rest his soul. I'm just saying, you lost out on an all-star and a Hall of Famer because you guys couldn't teach him how to behave? Yeah. Does that make any sense? Holy shit. Garve, your buddy. The fuck? Garve wasn't guy. here when he was here. Yes, he was. Was Alomar here in 87? Alomar, I think Alomar came up. Fuck, who was the first baseman on that team? Crook? Fuck, probably was Crook. Now I got to look that shit up. Shit, look Alomar up. I think Alomar actually was here. Didn't Alomar come up in 86? I feel like he came you would up. Know more than me, dude. I wasn't even here till 89. Oh, no. You know what? We were stuck with fucking. There was... No, he got here in 88. The year after Gar Garvey would have set him straight, of course. He got Garvey's here. Garvey's so busy here. telling everybody that he fucking had three all-star MVPs. That's the ultimate eye guy right there. Oh, my God. You, you know pull it. that bullshit? You know it. So you sit here and lie? 20 years old in 1988 for yeah, Roberto. Yeah, Who else was on that team? I'm trying to think of God who else dang. was fucking here at that time. <laughs> on that 88 team? Yeah, Keith, Flannery. Keith Moreland, probably. You're fucking Padre. Robbie, I'd like to sing you a song. My name's Tim Flannery. <laughs> Please take the high road when playing my game. Holy shit. What are we doing in this town? Shit. I'm Game telling. away. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But... Uh, that's Dude, it. Was Flannery the guy? Jerry Royster. Keith Moreland was the fucking first baseman, by the way. I was Keith right. Moreland. I just threw that bullshit at you. But yeah, he was the guy. Here's your, uh, here's your starting lineup in your 1988 Padres. Benito. Benito. 
excited, right? Keith Moreland, you're probably selling yourself. Benito was a stud. He was a stud. He was only 23 back in 88. Probably, you guys With probably, Dave Staten coming up shortly, we knew he was going to be a future Hall of Famer. You guys selling all your bullshit about Keith Moreland and his days with the Cubs, I bet, when yep. he fucking was here. You had Roberto at second. You had Gary Templeton still at short. Okay. And I know you're supposed to say third first, but it's not the way it's written here. So shut the fuck up. Chris Brown, third of base. Chris Brown, that fuckhead. He was only 26 years old in 88. What a puss. <laughs> Who was in left? Hold on. Carmelo Martinez. I love Melo. Center, center field, Marvell Wynn. Marvell Wynn. Right field, Tony. Tony. Gwynn. And Who's you're it? coming off the Bruce bench. Bruce Hurst? Well, hold Pitching on. for that team? Okay, here you go. Coming off the brent bench for you. you Jerry had, Royster? Uh, no. Randy Reddy? Royster was gone by there. Randy Reddy was there. Okay. John Crook? Yeah. Crook eventually became the first base. Yes. Okay, here's one for you. All right? That mm -hmm. If you would have bet me $1,000, shocking because we've done that before, Yeah. I would have said no way. I didn't know Dickie Thon ever played for the oh, Padres. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember Dickie Thon got smoked like in the face with that yeah. fastball? J.R. Richard. And no, so wait. no, he was on the Astros at the time yeah, when he got who smoked. Hit him? So oh, he shit. he yeah, got he smoked, got and I remember he hearing him interviewed, and he had a Spanish accent. Yeah, and I was like, I think he fucking came back speaking it's Spanish. It's unbelievable. It <laughs> fucked him up. <laughs> it fucked him up. I thought he was just a straight white guy, and all of a sudden, he sounds oh, like Carmelo Martinez. He got that was horrible. Yeah, that one's horrible. That I, one's horrible. Uh, go ahead. Can you name anyone else on that fucking team? Uh, I think Bruce Hurst was on that team. I think Walt Terrell who Paul Rungi led me to believe was going to be a stud, and he was shit. Bruce Hurst was not on that team. On 88? Nope. Yeah, he was. Who are the pitchers? I'm literally looking at baseball reference right now. Eric Shaw, Ed Whitson, Andy Hawkins, Jimmy Jones, Dennis Rasmussen, Mark Grant, ah. Mark Davis. What year did Hurst get here? I thought Hurst came here in 87. It had to be like 89, because Hurst was on the Red Sox in 86. That's when they went to the World Series against the Mets. Here we go. I'm almost done with you. Lance McCullers. Yeah. Okay. Son's doing well. Greg Booker. Greg Booker, the late Greg Booker. Yeah. Good man. Greg Harris. Greg Harris. I wonder, is that uh, that must have been the reliever. Yeah. Nasty curveball on yes. that kid. Okay. Here. Now, this guy, I never heard of him in my life, but it sounds like a stripper. Candy Sierra. Oh, yeah. Who the fuck? Candy Sierra. <laughs> guy, another, another typical Padre prospect. That we were led to yeah, believe he was, was going to be something. Yeah. 21. Nope. Dave Leeper. Dave Leeper. Yeah. Eric. Dave Leeper and Mud always kind of ran together. Bunch of soccer. Yeah. Bunch of Midwest guys. But Dave Leeper, didn't he end up being a pitching coach for a long time? No. That's um, Dave Island. Dave Island. All right. Eric Nolte and Keith Comstock. That's your team. Yeah. Comstock, but he pitched like Comstock. <laughs> Dude, all right, so going into the 1988 season, you guys know you're talking to each other up like, hey, this is our year. Um, I don't, I don't, like we felt good about the future. Okay. You knew guys were coming up. You felt good about the future. Sounds like now, 31 it, years later. Yeah, and it wasn't long till, look up Bruce Hurst and tell me when Bruce Hurst got here. Because right. I feel like Hurst was on that team and you're fucking lying to me. Oh, okay. Um, I've got that conspiracy. But we knew certain guys were coming up. You felt pretty good about the farm system. 1989, so. just like I fucking told you. 89. I, okay. Dude, he wasn't that good. 11 and 9? Yeah. In 1990, 15 and 11 and 80, 89 was good. 2.69 ERA, he was good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's where we got that Dick Walt Terrell, too. Yeah. All that shit. But yeah, those were fun years out there, man. God because damn. you knew guys were, like I said, fun guys were coming up, like Croc and the Alamars and everything else. Yeah. But yeah, different time, man. It was crazy. Dave, I have a, a FU of the day. Okay. So I spent yesterday, um, my son ran 11 miles on Saturday. Dude, then, that's awesome. Then played a basketball game. Wow. Then we ran around all night, went and played hoops ourselves, did the whole thing. So yesterday he was Has like, he even woken up yet? No, like yesterday <laughs> he was like, fuck. He didn't say fuck, but he's like, I'm pretty worn out. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'll tell you what we're going to do. I said, he and I love Survivor. Yeah. I go, look, man, I got like a bunch of these Survivors on. Let's just knock these out on the DVR. Because if you're a parent, there's certain shows that your kids dig and you can watch them together. Yeah. Probes is really good on that show, too. Because he's always yelling and getting in people's heads. Is he still wearing thing. the denim shirt? Loves it. Denim Jesus. shirt. Is a chain guy. Is he a chain guy now? Yeah, where's the chain? Fuck. All right, guys, bring it in. <laughs> he's yelling. He's got one thing that he always yells. But I said to my son yesterday, I go, you know what? I figured out somebody I really hate. And he goes, who? Like one of the contestants on the show? I go, not necessarily. I hate puzzle guy. I hate guys that can do slide puzzles. I hate guys that can put puzzles together. Yeah. There's just something fucking wrong with you. If you know how to do all that shit, you know those little things. Uh, their mom has one. It's like a little metal square. Yeah. And you've got those squares, the plastic squares. And there's in one it. missing and you yeah. got to move it around. Yeah. If you know how to do that or you take, if you find that, hey, this is fun. You know, it'd be fun for me just kicking you right in your fucking teeth. <laughs> Because you're a loser. I, yeah, anybody like that puzzle guy. I'm going to tell you another guy, too. I'm not a big fan of anybody Rubik's Cube guy. Yeah. Because you're a little too you're a little too snarky in telling us, hey, I can do this. Click, 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 click. Watch, I'm going to do it with my left eye closed. Click, 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 click. Hey. Ow! Yeah. I just, I just sat there watching all these guys. They're always doing puzzles. There's always yeah. these 90 wooden pieces. They got to fucking untie knots and do all this bullshit. I said to my son, I go, what a horse's ass you got to be to go, hey, I'm really good at untying knots and putting together a wooden puzzle piece of the Survivor logo. Fuck that. I said, this show's shit. I liked it when they... <laughs> told my son, I go, when this show started, they'd have to eat, like, they would have to oh, yeah. eat, like, a snake's head with the snake still alive. And it was you against the rattlesnake. Come on, do it. And now it's like, oh, I'm really good at slide puzzles. Fuck off. Dude, look, anyone that does puzzles, I, I have a feeling you just have too much time on your hands. Right. That's an old 70s deal before the internet, right? We're going to start around yeah. the edges. Yeah, let's find the ends. Dave, you're going to love this one. This one's of Lake Ontario. <laughs> Can't think of anything worse to do. I got a great puzzle today. Oh, really? What'd you get? I got an amazing puzzle that's of an old train set. Great. Going through the Sierras in the wintertime. But up in the corner, Dave, if you pay attention, there's a little blue jay. And you're just like, I hope you really, really suffer 
Okay, here's here's what's funny. My parents were never those puzzle people, thank goodness. No. Yeah. Because it seems like a goddamn waste of time. But you'd walk into people's houses, and they would have those puzzles on their tables. And you go, how long has this been here? My right. mom and dad are working on it. Mom and dad. Now, hang on. Hang on. Jack and Cade's mom yeah. does puzzles. I have no problem. She could do puzzles all day long. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just telling you if you're the guy, because women, she just does a puzzle. She doesn't say shit about it. She'll have like, like a, a 10,000 fucking yeah. piece puzzle. She'll just throw it on the table. Yeah, but she's not. Guys can't just do shit without talking about it. We got to tell you everything we did. What does she do once she puts it together? She glue it? Just, nope. to, just puts it back in the box. Yeah. Just doesn't and, oh my and gosh. doesn't say shit about it, though. Like, she just, does, like, I kind of admire that. Okay. Because she's just like, well, fuck it. It's, she, she, it's the Ladanian Talmud said. She acts like she's been there before. I respect that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now that the, you guys are almost divorced, do you ever, like, want to go somewhere, but she's working on the puzzle? No, that, no, she never had that. So, but there's a little bit of a dilemma right now. Yes. Because I, well, I've got two dilemmas. Uh, number one, Paul McCartney's here in three weeks. Okay. Um, I know she likes McCartney, but sadly, she's not going with me because. Sadly for her? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, but I'm, I'm fired up because our friend, the lovely Julie Brownman, um, just kind of stopped working at a radio station up there and is hanging out and doing a bunch of different things. And she goes, uh, she goes, man, I'd love to see McCartney. I said, get out here and you're going. And she goes, what? I go, come out, come out and hang out. You're always saying you want to come back. She goes, fuck, I'm going to do it. I go, tickets yours. So we got great seats. Very nice. And she said to me like, but she said to me like 10 days ago, Hey, am I really going? I go, yes. The ticket's yours. Come hang out. We're going to hang out for like, she's great. So uh, their mom hasn't really said anything, but I'm like, well, sorry. I'm not fucking married anymore. So then. Yeah, why would you take her? I don't understand what the dilemma is. Uh, well, I mean, we get along fine. Yeah, but I mean, what's the dilemma? Did you promise her the ticket no. first? Okay. No. Did you buy it with her? No. I, okay. No, there's no goddamn dilemma. None. Okay, but this was the, Go ahead. but this is where I kind of fucked up. Okay, so where I kind of fucked up was the other day on Facebook. The Stones are here. They've rescheduled for a Thursday night. Yeah, and I was kind of pissed that it wasn't a Saturday night. However, it's worked out fine because the Stones are in L.A. Thursday night and Saturday night, Brian Regan is down here at the Balboa Theater. If nobody, if you've not seen Brian Regan, fucking guy is so funny. It's great. So I, Dave, you probably get it too on social media. We all get it. It's so big brother. We all get these ads that are specific to things you like. So I get this ad from whoever, Ticketmaster or whoever. Hey, come see Brian Regan. So I share the post and I'm like, whoa, stones are Thursday, Brian Reagan, Brian Regan, Saturday. Who's in? And like, I had like three people go, I'm in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking you to the stones. <laughs> what are you doing? I know. 
Jesus. The Stones ticket is spoken for. Yeah. If somebody shows up from about 2,000 miles away. That ticket's accounted for. Now, if she can't make it in, then I'll figure something out at the time. But I've already told her, if you can come in and come hang out, I got a Stones ticket for you. And I'll take you to Brian Regan. But I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, people, hey, I'm in. Oh, my gosh. No. (laughs) No. No, you're not in. And I'm also not taking her, although I may change my mind. Uh, Listener Mark. Nicest thing. Did you see this on social media? No, did not. A listener, Mark, who sent me a cool message the other day. He said, hey, man, I love hearing you talk about your sons and hanging out with your boys. And he said, on the 9th of June, which is... Two weeks from yesterday, I think. A week from this coming. When you, no. June 9th is like three weeks out. My day is No, out. it's not even that far, is it? Oh, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, today's the 20th of May. Yeah, three weeks from yesterday. He goes, hey, man, I can't go to the game. I got seats, uh, four seats, eight rows behind the Padre dugout if you want to take your boys. I said, oh, you that's know what? great. I love that. It's super cool. But I've got about four seats, but I think I'm just going to take... Uh, I'm just going to take them and hang out. Good. It'd be great. My son's running the rock and roll half marathon in the morning. And on then the same day? On the night? Same day. Okay. And then I'll just take him and I'll fire him up with the ho-dads or whatever to celebrate the whole deal. But I'll see. Maybe I'll let her go. Is this running thing going to be one of the things you see him doing forever? Does he like it? He digs it, man. I mean, do you see him like doing it in track and doing the whole thing, like going through high school and stuff? Funny, Dave. I had this conversation with him yesterday. Okay. And we were talking about sports and parents and everything else. And I said to him, I go, you know what's cool about what you're doing? Because they play hoops. Yeah. They miss playing baseball. They want to come back to hockey eventually. But I said, here's the great thing. I go, I'm never once going to push you or do anything on it. So the good thing is um, he can just, he can, he can chart his own path. Yeah. So I just said to him. I don't know, man. He does it because he runs with his mom. Yeah. And it's really great. And I know how much it means to her. And I know how much it means to him. And so they get up. Like, they'll get up tomorrow. I think they get up at about 4.30. And they go run Lake Murray until uh, about 6.15. Wow. And she said the other day, she was telling me, she goes, I don't know why. He was all pissed at me. She goes, I don't even know why he was mad. And uh, she goes, usually we take a little break halfway through. And she's like, he's like, well, I'm going to keep running. She goes, fuck, he ran 11 straight miles. Wow. He's 11. Yeah. So um, so he can uh, outrun her now at his age? Like, I think she sprinted and beat him at the end. Oh, wow. Just because, you know, yeah. they have a great relationship. It's fun. And she said he started laughing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they run. And I know how much it means to her. And it's pretty Good. cool. But. He likes the medals, man. Yeah. These guys, like if you see these, the the medals that they get for for the rock and roll and and he did the San Diego half, like it's pretty cool. It's great. So yeah, I've I, never I, run that far in my life. Can ever. you imagine that? No, barely drive that. Well, they always say guys who run all the time, you get that runner's high. I mean, you can't ask a kid that you get a runner's high, but. You know what I mean? I've never ran far enough where, I, man, I feel different. I'm floating. I know. Yeah. I fucking, it was miserable every step I no, took. He fucking sleeps his ass off that kid. I told yeah. her, I go, you run every ounce of gas out of that kid. But uh, but it's really cool. So I have to try to figure out a way because 
Like, she understands. It kind of sounds like a douche move, but it's not. When she was running them, it's so hard to get to the finish line that we would always celebrate. We'd take her out for a nice lunch or take her for dinner somewhere to celebrate when she did it. But she just knew that at that time, our kids were six or seven, and it was tough to get there for a finish line. When we could, we, we would do it. But I said to her, I go, it's different. It's different because he's 11 years old and he's running a half marathon, and I got to figure out how the fuck to be there. So all the streets are closed. The whole shit's shut down. But you got to, man. Like, he's he, he and I couldn't be tighter. And so uh, I just think for him, he wants me there. So I'll figure it out. Does his brother go on and watch? Will he support him? His brother couldn't give less of a fuck. His brother could not give less of a fuck. His brother thinks it's the dumbest thing he's ever heard. But, yeah, it, yeah, he'll go if I'm taking him to, like, breakfast, if there's a breakfast burrito in it for him. Yeah. Yeah, he'll go then. <laughs> like, I guess. Has, and, he, has the other one ever tried to jump in and go, I'm going to try and do this with mom and my brother? No. He's no. like you and me of, like, why the fuck would I do this? Why? Yeah. yeah. No. Couldn't yeah. Have, I'll be like, the guy without knee replacement surgery. Right. Yeah. Right. Or a bad back. And he's also, like, he... The deal is, though, what's kind of funny about him, he couldn't give less of a shit about his brother, but I'm not 100% sure he's that interested in seeing his mom finish. <laughs> I mean, I say this respectfully for all the all the women in there yeah. and completely out of respect to her. She's closer to 50 than she is 40. She's running a shitload of half marathons. It's badass. Yeah. Like I always tell her, I go, it's it's awesome what she's doing, and she's doing it. With our son, like, I, I love it about both of them. Yeah, the other one's like, gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, yeah. I was talking to, uh, sounds like I'm name dropping, but I was talking to, to Brett Boone today, and he has twin boys like you. Yeah. A little bit older than yours by a couple of years, but he says one twin completely heckles the other one. Non- All the time. Non-stop on the baseball field. He goes, do you suck? It's a nonstop. Just I, constantly huckles him. I did it to him the other day. And Saturday, in the rain, I'm sitting there. And they had just played basketball the whole time. And I'm just hanging out. I do the same thing to him every time. I just get up. I'm reading a book. I just get up. I don't even warm up. And I play him in pig. And I fucking beat both of That's them great. again. And then I just walk back and go back to reading my book. <laughs> we play one time. Winner take all. Yeah. And uh, the rule is, like, if you lose... You guys shut the fuck up. Yeah. And they just sat there and they're just like, shit. <laughs> shit. It has to drive them crazy. Unless Completely. They, unless they think you're practicing when you aren't around them. No, they know better than that. They just know that you just get up and that you aren't like at the park when they're with their mom. Correct. That's hilarious. Yeah. I took them both out. And when they lose, I'm like, sit down. Enjoy vacation. And then their brother loves it. And then I'm like, what are you laughing at? You're about to fucking join him, kid. Done. Take a seat. <laughs> yeah. They win. Yeah. They've won. But uh the old man That's funny. Comes out of fucking retirement. It's great. I wonder yeah. how many years it is before they take you on a consistent basis. We're like, oh fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh yeah. We'll go forever. Yeah. It's great. Like it's your thing about dunking. I'll yeah. never dunk. Yeah. But they just they just try to beat me from the outside. And it fucks them up because you could just shoot from inside the paint. And they're, yeah. they're completely. They have no rattled. mid-range shot. They have no just, mid-range. They're just all three guys. That's yeah. All they practice. That's just sit there funny. and drop free throws yeah. on them and they're done. Or go 
five feet in front of the rim and go backwards over your head, they lose their shit every time. <laughs> do you still play? Like, do you guys still go on? I shoot? still, I still shoot, and I don't shoot as much as uh, Josh would like for me to shoot. He asks me almost every day, "Let's go play," because he plays every day. But I, I remember when he Dude, was you just go out and play horse with him, David. Yeah. It's so fun. Well, here's the deal: he's super competitive. I mean, yeah. and, and so am I. Right. But it's no fucking fun losing to him. And I remember at fourteen, Dave, I'm losing to eleven year olds. Who are you talking to? Dude, when he was 14, he told me, I can block your shot whenever I fucking, he didn't say whenever I fucking want, but he goes, whenever I want, I can block That's your great. shot. And I'm like, what? Like, there's no way. Because I'm yeah. much wider than him. I'm bigger than him. Dude, I realized at that point, I couldn't beat him. That's and right. and I was like, this, it wasn't great. It kind of sucked. And then I was like, we'd play Madden. He beat me in Madden all the yeah. time. And I was like, this sucks too. So, I, oh, son of a bitch. But I remember the last time Jake and I ever played. Because Jake mm -hmm. could always shoot too, but Jake wasn't going to run around like Josh. And uh, Jake's like, let's go. I've been playing. I said, all right, fuck, you know. <laughs> Dude, I smoked his ass. Yeah. And I smoked his ass four games in a row. And he called his brother immediately and goes, holy shit, dad's fucking great. Right. You know, and couldn't believe it that I was able to beat him. But. Dude, it's it's being a person that used to be competitive and win. It's frustrating to never win, and now I'm like, that's why I asked you, how many years do you think you have left before those two kids are beating the shit out of you every goddamn day? I was at about. I see you have less than three years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not. Oh, I know it's yeah, it's it's closing quick. Because yeah. <laughs> my one son, if he gets hot, can bomb from outside, and like you just get to a certain point where you can't shoot threes anymore, yeah. and he knows it. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that shit. I went and shot about a month ago, two months ago, and it's the muscle in your forearm. <laughs> and you're like, how come I can't fucking rifle it up there like I right. used to? And it's it's not like you, you've lost muscle, Tony. What it is, is it's just we don't do it enough. To, yeah. To, even even if you watch in the NBA the way they pass the ball. Yeah. Dude, there's some crazies up on those balls. Dude, yeah. you and I don't play enough to, yeah. to fucking be able to do that. So what I do is the one who can shoot the three, I position it so it goes me, him, his yeah. brother. Nice. So I take his brother out. Yeah. He was so fucking dumb. He falls for it every time. And then I'm like, all right, well, hopefully I got a letter or two on him. And then uh, I can hang. But yeah, no, I lose uh, all the time. But I'm probably, <clears throat> probably, we don't keep stats or anything. But I probably, uh, yeah, I probably got a slight lead. Yeah. I probably got a slight lead. But it, it's fun. It's I, I like Good. that. Uh, That's cool. I like when they win too. Because, yeah. I mean, shit, if, if one of the three of us was winning every time, it'd be a drag. Yeah. So, yeah, we 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 trash talk a little bit, but not too bad. You know, a second ago, you brought up uh, Brian Regan. And yeah, so, it's funny. Josh uh, said something to me today, and I was, I've been thinking about it for about 12 hours, which it's nothing important. But he said, is there a guy out there that when he's on TV or on the radio, you stick around to listen to? And he go like you really enjoy listening. Like for for Josh, Bill Hader's his his guy. Oh, dude, great. Adam yeah. Carolla was on with Stern. Yeah, today. I heard that today. It was I, good. I, I like Adam Carolla a lot. And so it's uh, I was wondering is is there a guy where you go, hey, that guy kind of will, will keep me where I'm at, either on the dial or on the channel. Um, you mentioned Tracy Morgan the other day dude, too. We shit. didn't really get into it, but Tracy Morgan's great when he's on Stern. God damn, dude, that guy is like fall over funny there was somebody i heard the other day that was really great brian regan's so fun but it's one of those guys right where the game's different when yeah. he was first coming up he was so such a maniac out of control uh <clears throat> yeah i just it's it's the stuff that we were lucky enough to do in that job 
And last night, like on Access TV, Paul Rogers and Bad Company were on. And uh, I'll always remember just how cool he was at the Super Bowl when nobody wanted to talk to him. So I got to talk to him for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And we had a great time. And he just was great. But the one that I told that story a couple of months ago, when Pablo Francisco was just sitting in the Kogo studio and nobody was talking to him, he was just sitting there. And I was saying that I had seen him at the Spreckles Theater on the night of the tuck rule. Yeah. That night, the tuck rule game. And he just does this bit where he does uh, Don LaFontaine, the the movie voiceover guy, just like such an obsolete impression. And I just, dude, it struck me so funny in the Spreckles and like the girl I was with laughed a little bit but I said to him, just bullshitting with him because he was coming in with us. I said, fuck, man, that I think that relationship was over. And then he came in and did it. Yeah. Right at me. Yeah. And I was done again. Um, that's probably. But I mean, I don't know that the rest of his stand up is that good. I don't know. Do you have one guy? Uh, you know, it's, I, I, Bill Hader makes me laugh. Bill Hader. And I've great. been watching. Uh, I watch the TV show, Barry. I, I, I know you good? don't watch. I like the show. Um, but, but I watch the TV show, Barry, but I like when Bill Hader does that God dang dateline when he does the impressions of Keith, Keith Morrison, Morrison, fuck man, he's killing me when he, and he does other, everyone else on the show does Lester Holt. He does yeah. them all, but he does that one guy that, and, and I can't stop thinking about it where he goes, I'm not going to try and do the, the voice, but he goes, so your wife was shot in the face and you found her. Yeah. Most people call 911. <laughs> and then he, the pause, but you didn't do that, did you? Dude. And when he fucking starts doing it, just like the guy, he's so good. I fucking start laughing my ass off every time he does it to the point where Lauren Michaels told him, dude, no more. You can't no do more. this anymore on SNL. But he goes, it makes him laugh. Like he goes, anything with Dateline fucking makes him laugh because the questions are so ridiculous when you slow the show down. Yeah. Hey, you found your, your sister in the car in the trunk after nine months. Was she alive? No. Oh, like he looks yeah. and shocked. Dude, do you remember Keith Morrison was a news guy yeah, in Channel in LA. 4 in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, you just, by doing that, just reminded me, uh, the guy who fucking is awesome is Norm MacDonald. He is great. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking guy. I always think, I wonder if you have to have a certain sense of humor to get Norm, because it seems like a lot of people don't get Norm. He That shit that he said, was he on Stern when he told the Sam Kinison story? And he said that um, he said that they were on a plane in Canada, and he said Kinnison would do it every time that they'd come on and announce like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Woods, your pilot." And that Kinnison would yell, "Oh no, not Crash Woods!" Yeah. And he goes, "Fuck!" I'd, people would be like freaking out. Yeah. And he goes, "I'd laugh every time." That was Jake's favorite. Yeah. Um, the guy today, I'll give you another guy. This Dave, that's funny. I will give you the shit that makes me laugh all day. And it's yeah. for me and Pete and Point Loma. Me and Pete and Point Loma have an absolute obsession with old school Ernie Big Cat Lad interviews. Yeah. And they're so, like, if you look at, like, that's why wrestling today, it's just shit. But if you go back and watch these guys from, like, the 70s and they're doing these interviews... And today, Pete and Point Loma got me all thinking about Ernie Big Cat Lad. And so 
there's like three interviews that I'll put up later on or I'll put up tomorrow if I think of it. And he's just so deeply offended by what the announcer has accused him of doing. And then the announcer traps him into a lie and he gets upset again. It's so funny. And there's a guy, Chief J. Strongbow. Yeah, you remember Chief J. Strongbow? It's my, it's my favorite it's my favorite wrestling move of all time. Like, you think about the greatest thing you ever saw wrestling-wise. This is it for me, and I know we've shared this in the past, but different people come in and come out. So this has got to be late 70s in Georgia. <laughs> and Chief J. Strongbow puts Ernie Ladd in a sleeper hold yeah. and puts him out. So now Ernie Ladd's out. Chief J celebrates and he's left the ring. But now this fucking announcer starts selling it like there's major concern for the health of Ernie Big Cat Lad. And that Chief J Strongbow, it's his responsibility that he needs to get in the ring and wake him up. And Chief J's like, what? And the referee's <laughs> like, come on, get in here. Come on, this is very serious. Competition is one thing, but this is a man's health. We have to do it. So Chief J reluctantly gets in the ring. He pushes the sound asleep big cat Ernie Ladd, 6'9", 350 pounds up, and gives him a firm slap in the back of the neck to which Ernie Ladd falls right back down. He's still out. Chief J starts to leave. Hey, 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 where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? You got to get in there. And they're talking about all the potential damage to nerves and the central nervous system. This, it's a matter of time. Get in there and wake him up. So now Chief J gets up there and he smacks him again and Ernie Ladd falls down. But as Chief J starts walking away and has his back to Ernie Ladd, Ernie Ladd sits up. So we all know that he's awake, yes. but then he lays back down. Now the crowd is going crazy. Of course. Trying to notify this dumb shit, Chief <laughs> J, that it's all a ploy and be careful. Please, Jay, be careful. He's awake. But Chief J, dumb shit, goes back in there and guess what happens? He falls right into the trap of Big Cat Lab. Oh, no. And Big Cat traps his arms in the ropes. And now Jay Strongbow is helpless. Now, you would think for guys like you and me, Woods, if we have Strongbow there, we're going to go over and we're going to slap him in his fat face. Yes. But Ernie Ladd does something even worse. And the announcer's sickened by it. <laughs> he, takes, <laughs> he takes Chief Jay's traditional Indian headdress and he starts plucking feathers oh, no. out of it one by one. And it's... It's heart-wrenching. I'm not going to lie. There's women in the audience that are crying. Oh, my gosh. They're upset by this. Chief J is held hostage in the ropes. Listen, it's his own fucking mistake. If he listened to the 40 people yes. in the audience <laughs> telling him this big son of a bitch is awake, then that beautiful headdress is still intact. Sometimes we have to take responsibility for our own mistakes. Yeah, that's hilarious, dude. It is. That's, Dave, that's it's fucking in this funny. fucking so studio great. in yeah. Atlanta. With 50 people, and the announcer is just losing his shit. Yeah. Losing his shit. That's why, like, you don't see any of that shit anymore. Old school. That's how you sold tickets. Yes. Yeah, absolutely you did. That's uh, funny. You ever seen the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler? 
That's you know, he teaches the kid, Chief J, the old sleeper. No! Old. Yeah, five years old, teaching <laughs> him the sleeper. Old. old school. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we wish a speedy recovery to our friend Ric Flair, <laughs> who had uh, heart surgery today. Ric Flair doesn't look so good. Dave, I saw him in Toronto yeah. two weeks ago. He looked incredibly rough. Yeah. Like, it sucks, man. I mean, who who would have a longer shelf life, in your opinion? Keith Richards or Ric Flair? Keith Richards is going to be around with the cockroaches. He's going to outlive all of us. Right? It's unfucking believable But who's lived a... But Flair, I mean, Keith Richards never had to bust himself open. No. No, Keith Richards has had a crazy life. Who would I rather be? That's funny. Ric Flair would not trade places with anybody. That's for sure. No. I don't think Keith Richards can remember half of his life, though. Fuck, he still plays guitar like a madman. Yep. Damn, that's crazy shit. That's crazy. You know, speaking of of, uh, fights, we brought it up last week. Oh, boy. Did you watch the Did you watch the fight? Well, what I loved about it, yeah. Uh, Dante Wilder, fucking overhand right, just eliminates Dominic Brazil. But what I loved about it, what I absolutely loved about it, was the call from Mauro Ronaldo, who I've known a long time, who said he hit him so hard he they're feeling it in Brazil. <laughs> nice. Um, God damn. That's what we needed for boxing because that knockout where Brazil's right ear wiggled. Yeah. He got hit so hard on the left side of his face yep. that his right ear wiggled. Like, that. that's what you need. A big, old-school American heavyweight that is just knocking guys cold. Yeah, brutal. I enjoyed it. And I know it was only one round, but I, I enjoyed the whole even, thing. Yeah, I, was it even a full round? He he grabbed his chin with his left hand, pulled it back, and then teed him up with his right. And, and it, it yeah, looked like starched him. It looked like that goddamn montage in the beginning of Rocky Three with Mr. T. Right. He like it looked just fake. Right. It was crazy as shit. It uh yeah, it looked like uh like Daffy Duck. Yeah. Like well, a cartoon. I loved it. But if you get a chance, watch Moro who's the announcer for Showtime, and in my opinion, the best. He also does uh, Bellator. Yeah. Best combat, and for wrestling fans, he does NXT as well. Best combat sports announcer going. Amazing, amazing guy who I would love to get on this show because he, Dave, you have Showtime? Yeah, of course. They did a documentary about Moro and Moro's battle with depression. Yeah. Uh, It's unbelievable. It's Absolutely one of the best documentaries I've seen. Um, amazing guy. Just an incredibly great guy that fights that battle every day at an incredibly high level, yet still has the chance to go out and be an absolute killer announcer. Yeah, uh, yeah. what a knockout, though, for Wilder. So now Tyson Fury was on with Ariel Hawani today, said he's at 270. 270. So I would think he's got it. He's going to want to get to about 250 if he's going to have a rematch with with Wilder. But the the fight that everybody wants is Wilder against Anthony Joshua. Yeah, that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah. And fight it in uh fight it in one of the soccer stadiums like we said last week and Tottenham put 80,000 in there and let's see. I think Wilder knocks him out. I do too. I do yeah. too. I absolutely do. Who's 
it was fun because, as I said, I felt like the one of the last few guys that still like boxing more than I like MMA fighting. Well, MMA has kind of run its course. The problem is you just don't see enough good fights like that right now. But that was incredible. Yeah, huge win for Wilder. And, and to win in that manner where it was all over social media, that gets yeah. people buzzing. That's good. That's good. Having that fight on Showtime was great. When you look at uh, when you look at him as far as I don't know how many of his fights that you've seen, but when you look at him, you have a lot of them. Okay, so when you look at him and you look at a guy like Tyson or Ali or any of these guys that you go, man, that guy right there was just a vicious fighter. Yeah, where do you rank him? Like, we're not, I'm not asking you one through five, but do, is he up there where you go, man, that guy is a vicious fighter with the best of them? Well, the problem is I love Wilder because he's exciting, and in the fight against Tyson Fury when he needed to be. Uh, a demolition machine he was with two knockdowns in the 12th. But the problem is why it's tough to compare him of anybody. He reminds me of Larry Holmes in the sense that Larry Holmes had very limited big-name opponents until a little bit later in his career. But it's really hard for Wilder to be judged because we knew all the guys that Tyson was fighting, right? We knew all those guys. But nobody knew Brazil the other night. Not a lot of people know Nobody Tyson. expected him to win. No, nobody really knows Tyson Fury. There's no... When Tyson, the other day, I think, was the anniversary of the Frank Bruno fight. Yeah. And when he was fighting, when Holyfield was fighting Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis, like, we knew guys, the Klitschko's. Yeah. The heavyweights had a lot of people that we knew. So I don't know how well we judge Wilder Dave because I just don't know how good the other guys are you got to know how you got to know the the quality of the opponent which is kind of a drag for wilder because he's super fun to watch it's interesting that you said mma has run its course does it run its course or just in a lull right now uh could be a combination the problem is they oversaturated it that's how i feel yeah they did too many they lost the the must-see element of it and the problem is to they they have kind of lost some of their star power um, so they just, there's a card two times a week and they're on ESPN plus and all those things we yeah. talked about that when they used to be on FS one, where they were really brilliant is when the UFC had their deal with Fox and leading into a pay-per-view, they were always smart that the two or three fights that they put on FS one were really good fights because it would get you excited and Joe Rogan, Mike Goldberg, John Anik, Dom Cruz, any of those guys were really, really good at saying, hey, man, you thought those three fights you just saw for free were good. Yeah. You should see the ones coming up next on pay-per-view. And it triggered buys. But now when you're buried on ESPN Plus and it's five guys named Joe, it's just not that exciting anymore. But they don't care. Yeah. Because they're a $4 billion corporation and... They're making everybody wear the standard Reebok uniforms. And, yeah, there's frustration amongst the fighters. There was hope that Bellator, which is the secondary group, would kind of be exciting and challenge them. But that hasn't really happened. So, yeah, I don't know. Could be kind of a, a rough time. I want to mention this real quick, and then we'll come back. I'm going to ask you a couple Padre questions. I'm curious to know what, what you think and, and 
who's about to lose their job. I want to mention uh, Alan Taylor, Taylor May yep. Pools. He's not losing his job. He nope. owns a goddamn company. He's been there more than 20 years, and he's doing great things with the pools in San Diego. Everyone knows when you call TaylorMade and you get that TaylorMade pool, you're going to have the pool that everybody dreams of. Make sure you give Alan Taylor a call. His number is 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. He's been out this weekend supporting the Dave and Jeff Show, wearing our Did shirt you see it? at the West Hills Games. So already. great. I already had two people write me tonight and saying, get me one of those shirts. Shut up. And I think I'm, we're going to probably have to order more Dave and Jeff shirts. People well, keep I asking. hope they have money. <laughs> I hope they have money. Because as my friend used to say at the old auto repair shop, yes, gas, grass, or ass, nobody rides for free. <laughs> Absolutely right. And I don't smoke weed that much, so you better figure it out. <laughs> now, we gave we gave Lisa Ann a free shirt. Yeah. Yeah, what have you done to deserve it? That was Nothing. fantastic. 20 bucks. <laughs> 20 bucks and you got the shirt. Yeah. No problem at all. But again, Alan Taylor's your guy. Taylor made pools, that perfect pool because the 3D designs, the virtual tours, takes the guesswork out of making that pool the one that you invite all your friends and family over to, the one that they're going to be jealous of for years to come. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to L.A. I'm taking my boys to L.A. and I'm booking a hotel. And everything. I every time I look at a hotel in L.A., yeah. I look, I'm like, well, let me see the pool. Shit, this pool sucks. That pool sucks. Because for your kids, that's all they do care about is that pool. Yeah, they love it. And I guarantee you this too. If you're going to put a pool in your backyard, you want people to come over. You want people to hang out. You want the kids to hang out, right? Because I was saying to my kids last night, they have 11 days left of elementary school. I think we figured it out. It's basically about 11 days left. And that's it. And then they're middle school guys, wow. and then they're high school That's guys. Crazy. It's pretty crazy. And we were talking about the fact, like, where do the kids hang out? You want somewhere safe, right? Especially as it gets a little older, opportunities to go to parties. So what a perfect opportunity. Make the make the call to tailor-made pools. Have that pool go in your backyard. So, yeah, the kids are not sneaking out. They want to come hang out. They're like, shit, why would we go anywhere else? We got this gorgeous pool in our backyard. Invite you to see for yourself. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com because on the sponsor page, uh, you can take a look at some of those tailor-made pools. And I'll say it. I'll tell you one thing. Like getting a haircut. Do it wrong and everybody's going to tell you, God, did you fuck up? <laughs> Get a shitty pool yeah. and we're going to come right over and be like, fuck, that's pathetic. You should have called Al Taylor and Taylor made pools. Also, don't forget our good friend Brian Curry. He's been selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years as well. Don't forget about he's the guy that has the President's Elite Award, and also he's in the top 1% internationally when it comes to doing what he does, and that's selling real estate all over San Diego County. The guy's fantastic at what he does. He makes a great living at it because he's been doing it for years. He knows everybody, and the reason he knows everybody is because word of mouth. And what else could you ask for when someone refers to your their real estate agent? Word of mouth because they had a great experience, and they're happy with the house that they have. Make sure you call Brian Curry, 619 251 one five eight eight. I talked to more and more people who are looking to either move out of San Diego and need to sell or looking to basically move up in a house. Six one nine two five one one five eight eight. See it every day. <clears throat> See it every day with people moving in or moving out. Yep. And if you're one of those people, for me, Dave, I just think the great thing about Brian is he's gonna do all the heavy lifting. You have enough other things to worry about whether you're buying or whether you're selling. 
as far as getting all the small boxes checked. Are the kids taken care of for school, uh, right? How close is my commute for the job? But if you're selling, you need a guy on your side that's going to represent you in the best way possible, and that's Brian Curry. I wasn't really going to get into this, but I'll just say this quickly. I, I mentioned last week I'd gone to the attorneys, and the initial offer came in. And, yeah, it was for $711,000. And I said, that's pretty good. I'm not sure that's exactly where I want to be. But you know what? I'm a guy that, as many of you know, I'm driven by doing the right thing. Yes, you are. And if I settle for $711,000, I feel good that in this market, Brian's going to be able to get me a beautiful manufactured home in Imperial Beach. Because that's what some of you fuckheads think your house is worth, even though you're goddamn stoned. So... If you're in the market to buy or in the market to sell, yes. you clearly don't know shit and neither does your agent by the prices listed. Go with a guy who flew helicopters, a, a proud Navy man in a proud Navy town. That's our guy, Brian Curry. Absolutely. Hey, a guy that can help you make that $711,000 go far, it's Dan Williams. Dan Williams. Dan Williams is your guy. Of course, he's the guy that can tell you what to do with your money, how to take care of your money, how to stretch your money, and to make your money last a lifetime. Dan is your guy because he gets people educated and he builds relationships. We couldn't be happier that Dan's uh, part of the show. I saw Dan just the other day. Came to watch our big game. Been great. 858-688-6813. Again, Dan Williams, 858-688-6813. We never really mentioned Dan's company, and we should. It's C2 Financial Corporation, and as Dave mentioned, helping families for the last 15 years by using his Borrow Smart approach to mortgage planning. You can get both of Dan's books, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart. That's the cornerstone of the practice because it's going to help you incorporate their own personal mortgage plan into your financial plan. That's the perfect way to do it. Dan's going to help you write your mortgage plan into your financial plan. You won't even know it's there. It's going to be fantastic. But then for those of you in the military, We've got a great second book for you. It's How to Purchase a Home with No Down Payment. Uh, Dan's a huge, huge part of the Honor Foundation. Love all the work that he does with the military. You can get both of those books for free right now. All you have to do is go to sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. You can always call him 858-688-6813. If you need any of this information, by the way, for Al Taylor... For Brian Curry, for Dan, we follow everybody on social media. Please let us know if you're a first-time homebuyer, if you're a veteran. What we're trying to do is get you educated, and no better way to do it than by building that relationship with Dan. Here's the number, 858-688-6813. But get the books tonight, especially if you're thinking in the next 6 to 12 months you want to buy a house. SanDiegoLending.us slash Dave Jeff. All right, get to the other guys in a little bit. I want to ask yep. you about San Diego Padres. Right now as we watch, Padres on their way to knocking off uh, division rival, the Diamondbacks. But the Padres, since you and I last spoke, mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler came about. How about that little shit? And then, <laughs> How about that little douche? It was very bizarre. I yeah. mean, and, of course, it happens here in San Diego. Of course. And the guy, obviously, is sensitive Ian. I don't know how you are when you played in Boston and you've been around baseball for a long time. But he's the guy still listening to sports radio, and he's upset that everybody wants him off the team. And guess what? He had either a bad moment or that's really him. And I understand you as a San Diego sports fan were pretty pissed off. Yeah, fuck him. Get him the fuck out of here. Like, what is this fucking team doing? Could this team be – could this entire – 
fucking city be more out of fucking touch, right? I, I just, I, I look at this shit, and I love Padre Twitter. Padre Twitter to me is great, and and I understand why people in that organization pay attention to it much yeah. more now than I did in the past. The day that guy comes off the field and says, fuck you, fuck all of you, it should have been his last day. And it doesn't matter to me as a fan. It should matter to the people that work in that building that you can't get your shit together. That's why you'll always be the fucking Padres because you let a little fucking twerp hitting 170 piss on your fucking birthday cake. You have people that are excited about your product right now. They're excited about Paddock. They're excited about Tatis and everything else. And you let this little fucking dipshit hitting a buck 70 tell people in the crowd, fuck you. Yeah. And then Andy Green, that fucking idiot, another fucking idiot, bats him lead off. Way to send a fucking message, Andy. No wonder they're writing goddamn columns saying, hey, maybe Bochy should be the next guy. And not only did Tom Krasvick write a fucking worthless column today, Kras has lost his fastball. He sucks. <laughs> but then Barry Bloom wrote one today, too, saying maybe Boach should be the guy. I mean, for Tom Krasvick to write that Boach wouldn't have any better results than Andy Green, that's just fucking stupid and lazy by Kras and Posner. It's just shit because... There's a difference in the way as a player responds to a guy who's won three world championships and to a guy to that has it. Yeah. Correct. For a guy who's been above 500 six weeks out of three years or four years in a career, as a career. Correct. And yeah. I don't even mean that as a shot at no, Andy as much right. as I mean it in respect to Boach. Boach, could be manager of the Yankees and he would demand different respect. When you've won and three world series, without a doubt. And I've watched it because of the way players respond to him and veterans respond yeah. to him. Couldn't agree more with that. And for Kraz to write that it's no more, I just I wrote to Kraz. I go, don't even write this shit. You're giving me a headache. And then I'm like, it's not even worth my time. <laughs> you wrote to Kraz. Yeah, I told him, you're so fucking stupid. Just like, how stupid is that last line? Holy shit. But then we got fucking jerk-offs in this town. Yeah. As Chris Ello sent me a message the other day, he goes, dude, they, they didn't even boo Ian Kinsler. Nope. Ian Kinsler went to your face, flipped you off, and said, fuck you. And there were people in this city yeah. that were like, you know what? I probably deserve that. <laughs> Holy fuck. I told you for years. It's not everybody, though. No, it's but not I everybody. told you. Only in this city. Name another baseball city. And it's Tampa doesn't fucking Twitter, count because they're sleeping in Tampa. Yeah. I'm just saying, you're giving the guy eight fucking million dollars. You couldn't wait to fucking run and sign him because no one else was going to sign him. Right. And he fucking does that. Right. And Ron Fowler's seats basically are right between home plate and the right. Padre dugout. And fucking that goes. And he puts up with that shit? That he put that's what I'm saying. How does that happen? And how does someone has to roll? If it's not fucking Ian, it could should have been Ian and, and AJ. AJ's the one that went out and signed I, this AJ's guy. AJ's not going anywhere. Shut the fuck he, up. AJ should get the fuck out of here because you should get the he fuck is a bullshit catcher hitting one fucking 40. Hedges sucks. Dude, Hedges sucks dick. Mejia sucks. They don't have any goddamn catchers. Well, I don't Reyes know that is he's, the only one carrying his own fucking weight around here. I don't know that he's performing here. fellatio. That's he's, a pretty strong accusation. Only one carrying the weight around here. AJ Preller right now is just rewinding this show. That's whack. Go ahead. Reyes is the only one pulling his weight. We didn't even know who he was a year and a half ago. Uh, I tell you what, man. Myers is a fucking joke. Another horrible contract. Yeah. Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> That's my point. You got a guy, you gave $8 million, tell you, fuck you, fuck all of you. He told everybody. Yeah. 
but I I want it clear. Okay. Go I've ahead. I've done this in the past. I've hit everybody. Padres Twitter is not putting up with his shit. And good on all you guys for telling that little fuckhead, shut up. Shut the fuck up, you dick. Well, it affected him a lot. He's in the well, lineup every goddamn night since. Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't even get suspended. I did not even suspend the guy. Ah, yeah. What? Come on. He's a veteran. He's gritty. Jesus. He's a gritty. dick. He's a little fucking big mouth. Shut up, you little shit. <laughs> but, what's going on? I'm serious but, to God. What's going on? But you credit to Bernie Wilson. Going. Bernie, Bernie Wilson. was great. Bernie told him, uh, really? Yeah. A lot of fans thought that was directed at them. That was funny as shit. Ian didn't like it at all. Being sitting there, I asked that question over and over again about Bernie. Bernie was great. Bernie handled it well. Look, it, I, it was very, very, I thought it was outstanding because a lot of guys obviously won't do what Bernie did. Right. One. Two is, the attitude was like, well, if you weren't talking to the fans, why would you tell your teammates to fuck you? What were you saying? I was trying to fire him up. Okay. <laughs> Think about all-time bad excuses you've either heard as a parent so you dropped yeah. on your parent, and that was it. But you know what the thing is, too, Dave? <laughs> if Kinsler had come out the next day and just got in front of it yeah. and said, you know what, yeah, yeah, I probably had a little case of rabbit ears, yeah, and I heard it, and I responded, you know what, yeah, I, I'm, uh, that's not what we want to do. I regret that. Yeah. I mean, you go, all right. But shit, Andy comes out the next day. He has to. Well, that's not the way we want to act as an organization. And we're going to show him by batting him fucking lead off the next yep. four nights. Ooh. Goddamn. <laughs> Andy Green's about as fucking scary as Don fucking Knotts. Don fucking Knotts <laughs> in a Padre uniform. Dude, if he was in Philadelphia and pulled that shit, what would happen? Name another city where that would be acceptable. Anywhere. Why do you think Gary Templeton got sent to the Padres? Because he right? told the fans, fuck off in St. Fuck Louis. Fuck off. <laughs> that fucking one horse town. Why did Herzog try to beat his ass? How about that? Can you imagine if Andy Green tried to beat Ian Kinsel's ass at the top of the stairs? Now we'd go, now we're talking. That'd be a fun little fight. Yeah, not in my city. I don't know who wins that fight. Kinsler may just beat the shit out of him. Of course he would. And then we'd be back <laughs> on Team Ian. <laughs> I just, it's just the shit that I said the other day, Dave, on social media is, uh, yeah, you know, man, you got a good thing going. Like, people are into it. And if a guy goes, hey, fuck you, you send a message to the team like, hey, by the way, none of you are bigger than this organization. Yeah. Manny, I'm sorry, you are. <laughs> and Hosmer, you probably are right now because the money will owe you. But you're not yeah, fucking Manuel Margot. Yeah, seven games suspension is what he should have got. Jimmy Johnson would have cut him. Yeah. He would have. Jimmy Johnson would have fucking cut him and said, Ian Kinsler's released at the end of the night. Yeah. Can you imagine... See, this is why this team can't get out of their own fucking way. If that team announced that night, uh, Ian Kinsler's been released due to uh, conduct detrimental to the franchise. Yeah, and we it, aren't going to pay him, and we'll, we'll we'll let the players union sue us. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it to arbitration. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're going to hold his money yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Or we're going to fucking designate him for assignment. He should have just been DFA'd right yeah. then. And if he cleared waivers, which he would have. I would have fucking sent him to Amarillo. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking big-eared little shit. Big ears. Yeah, ride the bus, oh, smart guy. Yeah, but instead we fucking, oh, you know, hey, we're really, really upset. Well, what are you going to do about it? What? Yeah. 
Uh, nothing. Oh, okay, great. Showed us. Oh, my God. Dumb shit. That's like guy the other day that reminded me of you. I was, <laughs> I was in... Uh, was he angry? Uh, kind of. I was in a, in a Starbucks, and the guy was trying to get by, and he goes, hey, Bluetooth, move it. Move <laughs> it. He referred to the guy as Bluetooth. He All didn't right. say, like, excuse me, sir. He just goes, hey, Bluetooth. The guy had that thing in his ear. It's like, what the fuck? Here's the other group of dumb shits that are out there right now where I just had a fucking... God, there's nothing better than the mute button on Twitter. There's really legitimately nothing better than the mute button. Look, I don't know if Scott Kaplan's 100% sincere or 100% full of shit. I don't know the answer. But Kaplan continues to crow that he is trying to make a deal to bring back 1090. To bring back 1090. Which he is saying, the point that Scott made the other day that I thought was pretty good, is he said the owner of the transmitter in Mexico is not making any money. He's loaded, though. Like billionaire loaded. I got it. But yeah. he's not making any money from that fucking yeah. tower playing goddamn uh, Ricky Martin living yeah. La Vida Loca. Scott's point was the landlord of the building is, where the studios apparently are still intact isn't making any money. And you have shows that are... Available. Yeah. Ben and Woods haven't signed. Darren hasn't signed. Scott hasn't signed. So it may make some sense for three parties to come to the table and see if they can negotiate a deal. So I said on social media, uh, I don't know if Scott's close or if Scott's full of shit. I hope he's not just saying that shit because it's a dangerous game to get people that work there get their hopes up, but yeah. I believe them. And so I sent Scott a message. I go, hey, man, I watched what you did today. Good luck to you. I really do. I hope it works out. I hope it uh, I hope it flies. So I posted that, and now here come everybody that thinks they're a fucking inside radio expert. The first comment that everybody wrote was, oh, it's really fucking funny how Scott made fun of the Chargers for being renters and then didn't pay his rent. Scott didn't own the fucking tower, you dumb fucks. It wasn't Scott's responsibility to write the check. What Scott is doing is taking a house in foreclosure and trying to make a fucking purchase on it. Scott never missed a payment. No, Darren but, never missed a payment. No. It was a company that was incredibly mismanaged that had a CEO in Florida that had no fucking idea that was going on here. Yeah, well, that was a huge mistake. That they Huge made seven mistake. years ago that you couldn't figure that was going to happen. Sales I mean, staff that was out of touch. They had a but lot. But if you're the Chargers, you're laughing at that shit, too. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody on the whole goddamn lineup ripped the Chargers for being renters, and yet the building didn't pay their rent. You know, the station didn't pay their rent. Got it. But it's not any of their fault. No, no. Not at all. But if you're the Chargers, you've got to chuckle a little bit. Go ahead. But if Scott, if Scott could find a way to bring 1090 back at a price that works for whoever his investors are. Yeah. And the 1090 tower and the landlord, it could work. Nobody is going over to 97.3. Nobody is going to 13.60. There will still be a void for sports talk radio. And while everybody is now trying to tell me how streaming's the future, thanks, hand job. What do you think I've been doing for two fucking years? Holy fuck. 
Some of you are so fucking stupid before you hit send. Like, oh, did you read the Hacksaw article? Do you think I'm that fucking bored? Do I need to look <laughs> for that guy? I worked in this fucking industry for 25 fucking years. Do you think I need to look to him, you dickheads? Jesus Christ. Think before you hit send. That guy, I read that ridiculous fucking column. You just called people handjobs and dickheads. They are. AM radio could still work in this town. You think so? Well, they had a lot of fucking advertisers yeah, on that Well, signal. that's the one that could work. I saw the numbers, man, last week. They crushed it. They, they did great. It. And the other two should be really concerned, especially when it's not Padre season. Correct. And I'm talking 97.3. The other one, I've never seen numbers so low. Well, 1360, I found out today, Dave, pretty big news about the iHeart building that I don't know if anybody's saying. They're doing huge construction on the iHeart building. Okay. iHeart has had a huge two-level building on Granite Ridge for as long as I can remember. Yeah. They've been there for a long, long time, probably about 15 years. They are now doing huge construction, and upstairs used to be offices for management, sales staff, yeah. the entire thing. That entire upper floor, everybody on the upper floors is being moved to the lower level because I've heard the top floor is being subleased out. Wow. Well, wow. Right? Now, iHeart may just be in a situation where I would believe I haven't looked at it recently. They're $22 billion in debt. Yeah. But I'm saying from a San Diego standpoint. Yeah. 933, 95.7, right? Rock 105, KGB to a certain extent, Star, like Kogo. Those other stations are, are pulling their weight. And I just think when you have, what do they have in there? Seven? Yeah. They have seven? Seven stations. You have seven fucking kids. There's going to be Kevin at the end there. Going to be a little bit of a mouth breather with his finger in his nose. You're not yeah. going to pay attention to him. That's extra. There, there, There's only so many fingers. And when you're trying to deal with Rickards and Eddie and I, I don't know, whoever the other personalities are, Gina, right? I mean, you've got yeah. some egos and personalities in that building. Whatever the fuck Hartman and Nornberger are crying about, nobody gives a shit. But all I know is that that top floor... They're doing construction and moving everybody downstairs, and they're going to sublease the top. In your mind, can you even figure that out, how they're going to put everybody downstairs? Uh, it almost seems impossible. Well, the only thing that I would think is, um, for the two fucking people that have ever been in that building, if you remember kind of back to the left where 91X and those guys used to be, yeah. Uh, unless you're going to take over that part of the building, too. There was a huge part of that building that was always closed off. Where 92.5 and 91X used to be before they moved into, ironically, the 1090 building. Yeah. But um, but they're all moving. But there are there are still numbers that could be made. You're not going to make enough money streaming to pay, I don't believe, Jordan Carruth and Marty Caswell and Alex Padilla and Teddy Mendenhall nope. and all the rest of them. But it's old school. You may still be able to make some money depending on what the numbers are charged by the guy who owns the transmitter and what the guy who owns the building, what they want you to pay. Is Sean Merriman one of his uh, investors? I have no idea. I don't know. I didn't ask him who any of the people were. I didn't, right. Two I, reasons why I say you don't go into business with Sean if he is one of them, because that was the name we kept hearing. Mm -hmm. One is everything he fucking touches falls apart. Lights out. 
Two, let's say he is one of your partners and things aren't going well. You don't want to chime him in as a partner. He can kill everybody in that building. Yeah. You aren't hitting your sales numbers. Yeah, it goes whack-a-mole on you. It goes whack-a-mole on you. Terry Tate style. Right. Yeah. But I I also, look, I'll tell you the other thing. If I'm the Padres, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that because it made much more sense for both of those parties when the Padres were on 1090. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that 97th rate doesn't go up north at all. No. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested to see what plays out. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know what the numbers are, and, and neither do any of you. None of you know what the fuck the numbers are. I, I don't know how you guys get off driving a fucking bread truck, and all of a sudden you're going to start telling us how <laughs> radio works. Have you ever met anyone that actually drove a bread truck? Ever? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. So fucking angry. You guys all drive a fucking sparklets truck. And now, all of a sudden, <laughs> now all of a sudden you know everything. Inside radio. And 97.3, I've told you for two fucking years, they're the biggest dumb shits in this town. Proven again. Because when the story was hot, should have been the time that they jumped in and got Darren. Yeah. How did you not pick up Darren? Or Ben and Woods for yeah. morning. And they haven't done shit. And we live in a 24-hour Holy news shit. cycle. Where if any of those guys get picked up right now, we're all going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's kind of like the lights have come on and the crowd's emptied out. Yep. And now all of a sudden the band's going to come out and play an encore. Exactly right. There's three fucking people left yeah. in the arena. Yeah. I mean, I understand Doug Gottlieb's for free, but Darren has huge numbers. Well, How do you not steal Darren? I'll, I'll, I don't think I'm talking out of school. I had a pretty long conversation with him. I alluded to part of it the other day. And one of the things that he kind of got around to was he's not really panicking. Yeah. I think he's a bright, he ready to retire. I don't know that he's ready to retire, but I think he was, he's a very bright guy, very bright guy. And I think he was smart with his dough. He just said, you know, I'm going to, he's going to, uh, fuck, I was supposed to go out drinking with him this week. God damn it. Probably um, tonight, but you forgot you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he's probably at the bar with the fuck's Jeff. Shit. All hammered, dancing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he didn't sound like a guy sweating it. Now, I talk to Steve Woods a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's doing fine. I watched Kaplan the other day, and he made it sound like Woods is in panic mode, which I enjoyed a lot. I don't think Steve's in panic mode. Oh, I think Steve's in panic mode. Do you think so? Well, fucking he posts everything about it. He has no insurance. And he's broke and his wife's on him. And I'm like, why? Why do that? You're the worst negotiator of all time. Those guys. Also, if the ship is sinking, don't tell everybody the ship is sinking. They also don't get God dang the, it, Steve. They don't get the podcast game. No. Like you would think all those guys would understand the podcast game. Do you understand Dave and I don't come down here every day and do three hours a night? There's not that much to do. Fucking wow. come down and do an hour and change. Do it a couple of days a week. I mean, I don't give a fuck. Do whatever show you want to do. But you're diluting your own product. Yes, I hope uh, I hope it works out for all those guys. All everyone you just mentioned, I hope it works out for. Yeah, uh, I mean, Darren, I know, understands not not in an urgent situation. But guess what? Kaplan has kids, and Woods has kids, and fuck, man, I just hope it works out for those guys. Man, I tell you, I I you and I have gotten to know Scott pretty well in the last yeah. twelve months. I like everybody you just mentioned. Oh, I do too. But I'm just saying for Scott. Man, I, I truly believe, Dave, he is doing everything he can to save it. I hope he does. And he's, 
I would just say radio wise, yeah. Scott's a lot smarter than the fucking guys that I said driving the bread truck. So if he's got people that have made a lot of money and they're trying to make it work, Dave, you said the guy with the towers got dough, the, yeah. the property manager. I don't know. But if he was able to put that shit together, I would like it because it'd be a huge fuck you to the BCA management team that really gave a fuck you to everybody in that building, and I think it'd be cool. I met someone the other day that actually knows the guy who owns the, the, owns the tower, okay. and he told me it wasn't a matter of the money situation because money is not a huge well, issue with this guy. The guy was guy. writing to me on social media. The, the guy who owns the tower? Yeah. Okay. And it, w- it was a matter of disrespect. It was a zero. You know, you're getting zero for it. Well, his point to me was, the owner of the tower was, oh, no, it wasn't the money. It was the fact that they weren't paying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, they weren't paying because there was too much fucking money. Yeah, but it wasn't a fact of, hey, let me give you a little here. You, you were in you were in that situation sure. where people were about trying to keep their homes and stuff, and you were trying to make things work. Yeah. It was a matter of, hey, I'm, I'm just going to act like I don't owe you the money. Well, so we're just going to not ever send you a check. And then you feel like, okay, now I'm the horse's ass. How long am I going to let this go? Well, and I, I would never even try to claim that I knew what the books looked like for BCA. I don't have any idea. I've heard crazy money was being paid to top management guys. Crazy fucking money to management guys. Whether or not that's true or could be confirmed, yeah. I have no idea. That's why I never say the numbers that had been that I had been told by pretty good people within the building. But I, I don't know. All I know is that for the Johnny Browners and the Mendenhalls and the Elstons, look, I don't know how many of those guys would have jobs. Um, I hope so. But but I like what Scott's trying to do. I really do. I think Scott's a fucking champ because there's no goddamn way I would do that. Would you try to put that together? No. Unfortunately, Scott could be the good guy and the bad guy because you're right. He would be the guy that tells people I can't hire you. And at the same time, Scott needs to make this work. If I was him, I understand because he just went through a, a, a divorce and he has a bunch of kids and you can't go moving all those kids to Texas or wherever the fuck else. Right. You want to make it work here. Well, he's getting after it and and good on him for, for fighting the good fight. I do too. Uh, tomorrow night. What if he says he can keep Ben but not Woods? I, I would do that move. I would do that move. Ben's got a name in this town. And he's got a good reputation. Woods is fucking a little bit like uh, uh, the guy in Crazy Heart, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> driving a pickup truck, pissing in an old milk jug. Let him detail cars in the parking lot while everybody's doing shows? I don't think I want to do that. Um, I may let him do it at the beach. <laughs> um, but but I just, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah. but 97.3... To let this much fucking time goes by just shows you they're fucking inept. Maybe their attitude is just, hey, we'll let the time go by. People forget about them and we don't have to pay for shit. Uh, that could be. Yeah. Uh, that could be. If your feeling is, hey, I'm going to make it sweat and then their number's going to go down because it's a game of chicken, maybe. But I would have done it at that time. All those guys are good. Their numbers show they're good. And uh, that should have been the Winning every go. time slot. Every single time slot. Every time slot. Yep. They did well. And it would be, for me... All those shows, whether it was Stephen, Ben, Darren, Cap, that's all a win. And you could figure out something where to put Tony Jr., um, who's the face of that. I, I mean, I, I think that would be the one thing we've said in the past, Dave. If I'm Steve or Ben or Darren or Cap coming in, I think you better realize that you're not going to be the number one guy. But if you gotta if you got to give that seat up to Junior... I mean, is anybody really going to fight that? Fucking guy's awesome. 
Love that guy. Hey, I want to mention an exciting event. It's going on June 9th at San Diego Egg, Egg Fest. Again, it's Sunday, June 9th. HotSaucesAndMore.com. That's where you go to find your details of what we're talking about. Hot sauces, the letter N, more.com. We talk about the San Diego Egg Fest. It's just around the corner from where we are right now. It's Otay Ranch Mall. It's June 9th. This is exciting for especially this time of the year because we talk about barbecues and what you can do to make exciting food and how to cook with wood. Jeff will give you more information on that because I'll tell you what, I've never been that guy that can operate the barbecue. Because you're I know a dick. You're, no, because I have people that do it for me. Oh, really? Yeah. No, sorry. Big shot, Larry King. And so that's no, it's just my wife doesn't trust me with food. But this is one of those deals right here where it's right there in front of your face to teach you how to be an expert. Uh, going to happen, as Dave said, June the 9th. What, what I love are all the classes. They're going to happen for the big green egg because a lot of you have gotten that egg and you're not really sure what to do with it. So let me give you a rundown on the four classes. It starts at 1030 in the morning where you're going to learn how to cook with wood. Anybody who uses the grill, and I use mine a lot, you're always trying to take it to the next level. You want to up it. And the one thing that I've always thought about is how do you use wood? Does it go kind of off to the side from what you're cooking? Does it go directly below? Well, Patty Fisher Sharp is going to be out there teaching you at 1030 in the morning how to do it. At 12 noon, Eggs 101. Everything you need to know about cooking your big green egg, that's going to happen straight up at noon. One o'clock, apple mustard pork belly by Chef David Rose. And then at 2.30, how about this? How to cook a prime rib right there on your big green egg. They're going to pre-sale the demo big green egg at a huge discount. And if you want to participate, you want to be a chef, you can sign up. Hotsaucesandmore.com slash events. Right now, registration fees, it's 60 bucks for a couple. Dave, you and Rita should do that. You'd have an absolute blast. Or if you're Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yeah. Uh, 35 bucks, but maybe you can go down, meet yourself a little lassie and you guys can cook on the grill <laughs> together. Otai Ranch Town Center Mall, 2015 Birch Road. Uh, put it in 91915 is the zip. If you've never been to an egg fest, you're in for a treat. Our buddy Alex Padilla. Yeah. I heard is coming down cooking on the egg. But Fantastic. Just, yeah. Those kind of deals are just a blast. Go down, hang out, and find out what the Big Green Egg is all about. And finally, again, Kyle Fluker. He's the guy that took care of our website. We tell you all the time that you need that perfect website to make your business shine. It's 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. My eyes are terrible today. Everything's Boy, blurry as shit. Well, I tell you who needs Kyle Fluger's help is our friend Lisa Ann. Because we have a friend, Petra. Yeah. Who's in Berlin. And Petra today was really upset. Petra is a friend of this show and she's a friend of Lisa Ann's. And Dave, I actually have to find while we talk about the great job that Kyle has done for our site. So many other sites I mentioned. Uh, Julie Brownman's coming out. Uh, she is a fan of Kyle's work and doing everything else. But poor Petra today said... Uh, Hey, folks, can someone tell me where I can find the pictures from Lisa's Royal Anal Treatment? <laughs> I can't find them on the website, or is it on Lisa's website? Thanks in advance. That's from Petra. Nice. And I said, you know what? This is heartbreaking, right? Poor girl's over there in Berlin. She's beautiful. She's dealing with the time difference, the language barrier. She had one simple question. Hey, folks. Can someone tell me where I can find the pictures 
from Lisa's Royal Anal Treatment, all in capitals. Can you see that, Dave? That's yes, not a lie. I can see it. I can't find them on the website, or is it on Lisa's website? Man, this sounds like a problem for Kyle Pfluger, and I'm going to... This sounds... I'm going to send this tweet. Sounds like a problem at Kyle Pfluger can solve for you, Lisa Ann. Oh, that's hilarious. Now, Kyle's going to be like, what in the hell for you at Lisa Ann... Hang on. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that, Dave. When people are looking for the scenes. You can't have that. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able, when your fan base wants to know where the things are, like this, uh, the pictures from Lisa's royal anal treatment, you can't have people fighting, especially when they're across the ocean and they're trying to figure out how to find it. Come on. You got to be able to make those things available. Don't let Petra's dilemma come to your website too. Call Kyle Fluger so that people can find the pictures from your royal anal treatment, and <laughs> they can find it. What? Too much? That's it. All right, coming back on Thursday. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Reminder: tomorrow night we will be in Little Italy at the landing spot, five thirty until nine. Come out, my boys. Disappointing Joseph will be playing. Unbelievable food, unbelievable drink, great stuff being auctioned off. It's just going to be a great night as Katie Temple raises money for uh, cancer. Yes. Please, we'll come down. We'll see you at Little Italy tomorrow night, and I will see all of you third graders. Dave, I have 60 <laughs> third graders Christ, coming to see me tomorrow morning for career day. Oh, boy. So I'm going to tell embarrassed them- now? For what? For the tweet you just fucking read, and now you're talking about meeting with third graders? Wow, they don't know anything about that, but their mom sure does. Wink, wink. Jesus Christ. Uh, We'll see you Thursday. All right. So oh,